the recent videos that they have been putting out look suspiciously like my videos. Like I was waiting for the dude to do the backwards hat thing. I was. Well, the question is, why are you watching their? Because somebody sent it to me and w- and said, "Is this a Dylan Johnson video?" And I watched it. I was like, "It is a Dylan Johnson video. They're copying." What up, party people? What started out as an abbreviated episode with just Dylan, Tyler, and I, while everyone else was too busy catering to holiday plans, turned into a monster episode with loads of derailing and way too much tire talk, if such a thing exists. So sit back while you're smoking your turkey or whatever else you've got lit up and enjoy this holiday special. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, hit us up at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or head over to the Bonk Bros Instagram page. All right, let's get this thing started. You've been sitting in the studio for the last... Yeah, I've just been chilling here, waiting for Tyler, waiting for someone, <laughs> someone to come. <laughs> Jeez, man, I know. Dude, it's too bad that Drew it's... can't come on and tell us about his how his uh, challenge tires failed him this weekend. <laughs> Ooh, do you have some inside scoop on that? Because uh, I didn't think he went to the race. I guess you maybe hung out with. Yeah, him. Yeah, I, I hung out with him. I didn't go to the race because uh, I had to take a nap while his race was happening. Priorities, man. Um, so, hit. let me just ask you this: if it was a uh, if it was a gravel race, would you have showed up for that to watch him? Uh, what watch a gravel race? Can you even watch a gravel race? Is that that's what I'm saying? Like this is that's what I'm saying. This is like your one chance to to go and watch an, a full yeah, race. Yeah, but I, I I've even... I've been at this race every year for the past five years. I didn't need to see it again. <laughs> um. <laughs> So so, what happened? Uh, so he just told me that he flatted, but then I talked to his wife, and his wife told me that his tire already had a leak before the race even started. And she asked him, "Do you so did you fix your tire?" And he said, "No, nah, I didn't have time." So apparently, he started the race with a slow leak, uh, what? <laughs> which contributed to his flat. So he flatted on the first day, and then he didn't bother to change the tire out for the second day because he put a bunch of sealant in, and he thought that it sealed, and he flatted again on the second day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's what a doofus. Pretty pretty amateur hour. <laughs> wow. Wait. So this was this was day two. I mean, or this was day days. one. Both days he flatted. Or both days. Yeah. Did he like not bring a bunch of spare wheels and stuff with him? Yeah, isn't that the like he drove isn't that the race. spirit of cross to spend as much money on equipment as you possibly can for the shortest Dude, race possible? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, like I know some people that have an A bike. I mean, I know like there are certain pros. I mean, I'm not talking about like the pros that have like full support mm-hmm. with like a team, right? Who have yeah. like a dozen bikes. I'm talking about like privateers or even not pros who have an A bike and a B bike, and then for each bike they have a set of tubulars for files, mids, and mud tires. So they've got like six wheels, six sets of wheels, two bikes, all tubulars, which are a pain in the ass. Mm. This guy starts the race with a flat tire? Come yeah, on. It's, it's embarrassing. Tyler, we can't hear you. We can't hear you, Tyler. You're you're uh, muted I or heard something. I tubulars and you guys conjured up the cyclocross gods. <laughs> Dude, seriously, you like, you, you joined the studio. We're, yeah, we're, we're talking, talking about your favorite topic. Tubies. Oh, tires? <laughs> lifetime grand prix well well tires but also more importantly cyclocross oh what did drew mess up now 
I, I already told Adam, but he flatted both days. So, oh. I mean, all of that, you know, he he impressed me. The the not he the challenge challenge <laughs> impressed me at at Big Sugar, uh, because every every challenge sponsored rider that I know did not have a flat somehow. So those XP getaways are impressive. Although uh, according to the the bicycle rolling uh, resistance website, they're actually slower than Pathfinders. Just recently got tested, but uh challenge tires did not come through this weekend and drew flatted both days although like i already told adam it was probably user error was he running is he running like the team edition special red sidewalls i have no idea his sidewalls were not red so i guess not i don't think he runs tubulars i think he runs tubeless yeah i think so oh well that's where he went wrong (laughs) so he's running tubeless and dylan said that he his tire had a leak in it before the race even started on saturday but he still was like, ah, whatever. I'm just gonna run it. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Dizzle's Dizzle is just his own worst enemy. You know, crashes himself out of Big Sugar. <sighs> yeah, he's got. I mean, that, he, the... he doesn't need a coach. He needs a mechanic. Right? Yeah, for for sure, for <laughs> sure. I mean, that sounds like a Dizzle thing to do, right? Start a race with a slow leak. It'll be fine. It'll hold for sixty <laughs> minutes. It's got ceiling yeah. in there, so it'll be good. Yeah. Um. Well, perfect. Was it? What, what were the conditions like? Was dry. it like poor? Con- it yeah. was dry. It was dry, dude. I, that that makes it even <laughs> like if it was a mud race and he was like, "Well, the only spare wheels I brought have slicks on them or something." But like, dude, you can run whatever tires you want when it's dry out. For sure. Yeah. Not the getaway. Not challenge tires, though. Apparently. <laughs> also, <laughs> our yeah, they need to they need to make the the challenge getaway in a thirty three. <laughs> Apparently, they had it. it's uh, called a chicane. Dude, I, I did hear, Tyler, have you heard this? That that uh, after this season, the UCI is considering increasing the tire weight? Really? Really? Allowance? Yeah. I did not hear that. Yeah. I heard the UCI was complaining that people weren't showing up to the series that they promoted, so they were threatening to not let racers yeah, race the World Championships because they didn't show up. To that. Really? Yeah, looked... is, is that true, or was that like the media hyping up a rumor? I mean, I think that's david lepartian uh trying to make sure that his pockets are lined right because if you have riders like tebow and matthew and wowed and all these guys showing up right more it's more tickets to sell it's more viewers on tv it's all more money so the fact that the uci is also an event promoter is kind of a little bit backwards but uh Mm. yeah so then they were all mad because tebow basically like they're doing load management, right? Where like these riders aren't showing up to certain races because there's too many races. And um, yeah, then they were like, well, that sucks because we're not getting, that's less money for us to get. So they were like, well, if you don't show up to our series, then we're not going to let you race the world championships. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, did they actually do that? I don't, why well, I would they? they can. That's, that's, that's the dumbest yeah, thing ever. That's li- lifetime yeah, needs to do that every time a lifetime rider shows up to BWR. <laughs> or not show up to be there why or is not show up to their well, race i saw like wout, wout posted his cross schedule why is he not doing world championships probably because it's too close to the classic season and he still has yet to win a spring classic so yeah he's but at this point like, like... what does he have to gain i mean i mean i'm sure he's getting appearance fees and stuff for all these races but like oh you are you, why are you saying he shouldn't do cycle cross at all yeah mm-hmm. I mean, I I tend to agree with that. 
I mean, the the models there, right? Like Stebar won what two, three world championships and still came back for a couple of races to get, you know, maybe his funds are drying up. You know, Wout was just in Colombia with Rigoberto Ron, like doing his Fondo thing. So, who how knows, are man? Wout's funds drying up? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe he's just what is uh, he spending his money on? <laughs> maybe he's maybe, <laughs> gas for that bus is a lot, man. <laughs> He's got like two kids now, doesn't he? Or at least yeah, he's one got kid. Two kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably got a place in Spain too that he's got to, you know, maintain. I mean, I mean, his contract has to be multiple millions of dollars. I would think. <sighs> I mean, to, to, to me, it's like if you're going to skip the most important cyclocross race of the season because you think it's too close to the classic season, then you, you should just not even be racing cyclocross at all. Because maybe the reason you haven't won a classics yet is because. The whole season is too close to the... Maybe he just got dumped on by Matthew too many times that he's like, you know what, maybe the cyclocross thing isn't for me. But Vanderpool's not going to be at Worlds either. I thought Vanderpool was going to do Worlds. Oh, I I thought I saw that he wasn't going to be there either. Uh, I mean, he's like, maybe this isn't important to him, but he's like edging ever closer to the overall record of seven cross-world titles, so... Also, Vanderpool needs to try to get all three world championship wins in one year. (laughs) Mountain bike, road, and cyclocross. Uh, so he's got what does he have now? Road and cyclocross. So he needs yeah. to get mountain bike. Yeah. Will the will will would an Olympic title suffice? Uh, I don't think. Well, no, 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 those no. And an Olympic. Yeah, it's got to be all three and an Olympic. I mean, it doesn't suffice to have the, the Olympic title is just a different thing. I mean, it's cool. It's cool, and I probably more than suffices because it's it's a career defining win, but. You need to have all three world championship wins in one year if you're Matthew, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Matthew is pulling a Dillman, you know, the last couple of years where he just crashes <laughs> himself out of every important race. He's using challenge fires too. <laughs> I think so he crashing himself many, out in the first how quarter. Many t- how many times are we going to compare Drew to a cycling great? This has happened way too many. Is it <laughs> happened with Hitchcock? It's happened with Wow? It's happened with Vanderpool. We never, but we're never comparing them to like them winning, right? It's always like, oh yeah, you know how Pidcock was on the side of the trail for five minutes? Yeah, that's like Drew. <laughs> hey, you know how Matthew crashed himself out in the first True. lap of the World Championships? Yeah, it's it's kind of like Drew. Yeah, poor Dizzle. Sure. Wait, no, you're talking so when he when he crashed himself out. That you're talking about the Olympics. He right? did. He did in and, World Championships and, too, and World Championships for yeah, mountain bike first lap this yep. year. And do you, think, do you think he spent any oh, time on his mountain bike preparing for that, or that was his, that was like his first mountain bike ride in a year, and he was he was thinking, oh, I'll I'll crush it, and then first corner he forgot. I mean, he did he did make one YouTube video with Average Rob, uh, so I feel like he's got some, you know, he at least had a couple hours on the mountain bike. Wait, who is Average Rob? And what was his YouTube video? <laughs> Average Rob is a it's a YouTube channel. Where this dude just does like he makes videos himself doing a bunch of different sports with him and his brother, and he's got a couple on there with Matthew doing um, motocross. No, he did. Uh, they learned how to become cyclocross legends with Matthew, and then uh, they made a mountain bike video recently. How does he? So. How does he get Vanderpool to get on his YouTube channel? Yeah, dude, what are we doing? I don't know, dude, doing stupid training videos and DIY improvement projects. Can't even get Tobin's teammate on this podcast. We have we even asked him? Oh, I've asked him for sure. We should. He doesn't do media. I mean, he does media. He just doesn't do our media. Maybe maybe enough trash about Tanner Trainer Road. 
maybe enough <laughs> it, yeah for yeah i i have a i have a sneaking suspicion that part of the reason that he doesn't come on is because he he goes on the trainer road podcast i don't know what his affiliation is but uh definitely for sure people on trainer road don't like me by the way have you guys i don't know if you guys watch trainer roads youtube channel at all the recent videos that they have been putting out look suspiciously like my videos i i was watching it and i was like is this a dylan johnson video like i was wait (laughs) i was like waiting for the dude to do the backwards hat thing i was I only Wait, watch. The question is, why are you watching their? Because somebody sent it to me and w- and said, "Is this a Dylan Johnson video?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and I watched it. I was like, "It is a Dylan Johnson video. They're copying me." Oh well, uh, what is it? What is the the finest form of flattery? Imitations, the best form of flattery, or finest form of flattery? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. They did come out with polarized training plans shortly after I ripped their training plans apart. So, yeah, I don't watch their YouTube. I'm contractually obligated through Ignition to only watch Dylan Johnson and Dizzle Dillman videos. So nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's written in stone. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just I'm wondering how is is average Rob from um, uh, is he from the Netherlands or something? Like, how does he even know? He's from Belgium. Okay. Yeah. Really? You should check out his channel. He some good stuff. He. He's clearly not average. If he's landing Vanderpool on his he's podcast, definitely not an average YouTuber. No, I think. Uh, I mean, let's just go look up what his subscriptions are. But I mean, he's doing he's doing okay. Probably he makes some good content. It's all funny. I mean, he and his brother did an Iron Man. They had like a series of them training for an Iron Man. So, oh yeah, the, becoming a mountain bike champion featuring Matthew Vanderpool six days yeah. ago. Hold on, I gotta. Let's see. 40, uh, 400,000 oh, subscribers. Nice. Yeah. If that, if that video had been posted on views. Pink Bike, how to become a mountain bike champion with Matthew Vanderpool, the comments would be nothing but, uh, Who's talking Vanderpool? about how, no, 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 no. They know who <laughs> Vanderpool is, but they would be nothing but talking about how Vanderpool can't do a drop. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, average. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, based on the little bit of skills I've seen from average Rob, I would say he's actually below average. <laughs> I think I, I think that's the point. Okay. I, I mean, that's the point. I don't think. I mean, that's great. I think it's cool that he gets to learn some skills from Vanderpool. Your average puts himself out there. Your average person can finish an Ironman or even ride a mountain bike. Well, I mean, maybe this is his first time riding a mountain bike, but because it, it certainly looked like it. <laughs> It's fine. I, mean, I have nothing. I mean, like when I when you said average Rob, I was like, oh, man, this dude's probably like a stud. He's just, you know, using average Rob to relate to people. But then I saw like the first clip of him trying to drop into this mountain bike trail. And you're like, <laughs> and those, dude. <laughs> I mean, you like end yeah. before the trail even started. Yeah. He's got a sick kit, though. Got that Canyon kit. Got that, sure. He's got, like, like Canyon sponsorship and everything. Yeah. So he's that, maybe that's Canyon. how. Wow. I don't know um, if he's sponsored by it, but they have bikes. They're, like... What's his background? Like, who is this dude, guy? I don't know. I don't know him. Hmm. I mean, Canyon also sponsors uh, Vegan Cyclists, so I don't know. I They clearly have their eye on YouTubers. I should contact them. Dude, I, I remember I was looking for bike sponsorship uh, a couple seasons ago. Uh, and I remember someone connected me with Canyon oh, and they were like, I was like, Hey, like I'm doing cyclocross. 
also you know planning to do some gravel and they were just their response was we're really interested in gravel mm. <laughs> and i was just like oh okay mm-hmm. cool cool like i'm planning to do these gravel races and then just nothing just nothing mm-hmm. the rest well, of the time when, when you sponsor the best cyclocross racer in the world you kind of don't really need any other athletes. i think it was before matthew that. was on canyon i think he was on like stevens it was just and then they i think that was like right around the time that pete stetna was uh getting getting with them so clearly they made a better decision going with <laughs> people who are actually good at bikes <laughs> Than with me, who would provide no value. But, but think uh, about how much they had to pay Pete Stetna. Exactly, exactly. They could have got me for forty percent off. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, price. like there is there is having like a percentage of market share in you know in place. You know, so like you know we sponsor fifty percent of gravel pros in the U.S. Something like yeah. that. But then you also have Matthew Vanderpool, and it's kind of micro. we had a we had a yeah. I, speaking of sponsorship, um, I. I'm sure you guys all saw the brilliant reel that we were tagged in um, the Bonk Bros podcast with the tires and the singing and all of that <laughs> oh, yeah, this weekend. See. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for whoever submitted that. I forgot, but um, someone uh, Caleb Schwartz replied and was like, "I don't think I've ever seen a non-sponsored athlete on IRC tires in the yeah. wild." A hundred percent. IRC tire. I've never ridden IRC tires, but judging from you know that that uh, overrated website, they are complete <laughs> and utter trash. I mean, they're they're so slow. They're probably they're they're like one place above the refuse. <laughs> so they're like semi semi slip. And it's points. crazy because IRC must have some money because they sponsor a lot of races. They sponsor a lot of high profile riders. You know, they're really trying to get their name out there. It's just, you know, I yeah. 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 Does IRC make like do they make other tires too besides just bike tires? Yeah, uh, I don't like, know. <laughs> like car tires. Like car like vehicle car tires and stuff. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to understand like what they're what their scope is looks like they make motorcycle tires mm. so they don't then yeah like no no other vehicle tires because that's i mean like you know someone like continental i mean the bike industry is a pretty small part of their 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 overall reach yeah, but continental does you know or continental does or something an I mean. amazing job with their tires i mean really sure. fat really fast I mean, it, rolling it, fairly puncture resistant for fat for how fast rolling they are are you cheating yeah. on specialized? But right that's now? what I mean. Is like be- because they because they have so like such a bigger uh, like platform. They they have like the money that they can invest into their R and D within cycling because mm-hmm. it's just such a niche part of what they're doing. Yeah, I would say so. You know, I would say in also every category they've got a tire that's good. Obviously, the in road GP five thousand is most people's go-to performance tire it's really puncture resistant for how fast it is race king very fast mountain bike tire and then in gravel i mean the the conti terra speed is pretty good i i wish it was wider i've already discussed my issues with that on this podcast but they they've got a good tire in every category is what i'll say Dude, but they could have a great tire in every category if they would just make the race king and a 2.4 and a 2.0 and just and just and stop 2.0. making the two point two. That's a tire size that no one needs. I don't. I, I don't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, or they already have the mold for it. Yeah, so just, just, just going, I but... mean, yeah, just make all three sizes. But 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty funny. I don't, yeah. What, what, what account did that come from? Do you remember? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at it. I have no idea. Okay. Did you see the, the Instagram meme or whatever with, uh, Carrie and Tobin and Bruner and Becca coming back about like coming back to cyclocross after they realize that the lifetime grand prix sucks or something. (laughs) (laughs) We'll welcome them with open arms back into the fold. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Uh, Tyler, have you been following cyclocross at all? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty closely. Okay. The Curtis white swept the North Carolina weekend, but dude, I mean, Carrie put up a good fight. He was like within arm's reach both days. I, I I just would have expected Curtis. I mean, since he's dedicated cyclocrosser to just like smoke carry, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Carrie's carries like, as uh, someone put it to me one time, he's a Swiss army knife of, of bike racers in the U S right. Like he's just mm-hmm. whatever two wheeled uh, adventure that he jumps into. He's, he's pretty solid at it. I too was, I, I was definitely impressed with Carrie's ability to kind of hang, hang tight. I mean, he was only down by like, 20 30 seconds i think each day so dude the other the other thing i'll say about carrie too 17 talking about how he's a swiss army knife for bike racing his downhill skills on a mountain bike are insane yeah (laughs) oh yeah i mean his skills i feel feel like if he wanted to he could be a pro enduro racer if that was the avenue that he went down what's the think bike flights would sponsor that (laughs) (laughs) dude i don't know I wonder. I wonder what he's. I, I, yeah, I, I do remember. Doesn't um, is it Transylvania that does like an enduro category or something like that? Yeah, and Pisgah yeah. stage race. And Pisgah. I remember him like winning both of those, which I mean doesn't surprise you a lot. You know, like some sometimes people get super surprised to see that the fastest dudes at the front are also some of the fastest dudes downhill. But it's like that's how you win yeah. a race. Like you go uphill the fastest and you go downhill the fastest. Like you. you you can't yeah. get by with like just one. I mean, or the, the other. other thing that I'll say about that is that they're the fastest dudes downhill out of a group of people that would sign up for a multi-day stage race. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. There are some enduro minded people signing up for that race, but for the most part, it's, it's, you know, endurance type racers. Uh, sure. And then the other, but they're also on endurance type bikes, sure. right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like, Take your enduro racer, put them on an XC bike. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I've done Pisca stage race, and I think that every downhill was about. I live here, so I know these trails, and I ride them all the time. Every enduro segment was. It felt like the slowest I've ever ridden it because you're so gassed from just doing a climb at your max heart rate, and then you have to immediately drop into this enduro segment that's supposed to be a race segment. And <laughs> what it, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is what impresses me so much about Carrie is that despite him being in the middle of a race and still going for the overall, he's probably close to his max heart rate at the top of these climbs. He's still so incredibly fast on the downhills. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's on that big honking Kona bike. <laughs> that's true. That, that helps. True. That thing is like 30, <laughs> 37 pounds. It's surprisingly light, <laughs> having put it together a couple times for him. Because he, you said it's surprisingly light. <laughs> surprisingly light for how big for how it large. Is. It is. Like you look at it and you're like, I disagree. I, I disagree. I picked that thing up and I was shocked at how heavy it was. Are we talking? Are we talking about the same bike? I'm talking about his mountain bike, not his cross bike. Yeah, the hey hey. Oh, his cross bike. His cross bike is heavy. 
but like for the mountain bike, it is surprisingly light. But yeah, I mean, don't forget that he was he. <laughs> don't forget that he was uh, what U twenty three national champion yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. In the downhill? No, I, <laughs> no, in, in cross country. In cross country. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, that has to count for something. No, I mean, like if if this was any other year, it would not have. I mean, I, I would have expected Carrie to probably beat Curtis, right? Um, but you know, it was just like I I was kind of shocked to see that Kerry just jumps into cyclocross seemingly out of nowhere. You know, I mean, he's hasn't hardly raced cyclocross at all this year. And I don't know. I mean, his fitness has been catered to completely polar opposite type of, uh, discipline. So, I mean, it's just sick to see him trans transition over that quick. Yeah. It, you know, it's also, I mean, dude, what is it about Brevard and Canadians? Are they, do you guys offer like special perks to Canadians to move <laughs> down to Brevard? Cause like the whole, the sea of Tyler. So, yeah, like yeah I know. Canadian I know. There's a lot. There. there are a Tyler lot of Clark. Canadians here in Brevard for sure. Tyler Orschel. I don't know who Noah Ramsey is, but I'm assuming he's part so of that. You, you know what I think Clark. it is? There, I think there actually is a legitimate reason why there's a lot of fast Canadians down here. I think the the Canadian national team, like the junior team, comes down to Brevard in the winter to train. So all these Canadians that are super fast who've mm. been on the national team have this memory of training in Brevard and they think that Brevard is like the best place in the, you know, in the U S to train. So I haven't been to Benville yet. I guess so. Yeah, like I haven't <laughs> even heard of some of these guys. Like who is Matthew Lelleveld? You know him? Yeah. I've raced with him before. Yeah. He's 21. He was, he was 12th. Uh, Cole puncher. I've heard of him. I guess they're all Brevard college um, guys that are, I know. Yeah. yeah. Just friggin. Yeah. Three out of the top six were Canadians. Yeah. All Brevard College, right? All beat Dizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. Honestly. Dude, I didn't realize that uh Tyler Clark is only twenty three. Yeah, he's a young dude. I think I think what what this shows you, like Carrie's Carrie doing so well in cross this weekend and just the cross racers in the Grand Prix in general, I think what it shows you is that cross talent does not necessarily crossover to lifetime grand prix success at all it's a different discipline we I, race for six, we have 60 minutes of fitness versus yeah. eight hours of fitness six <laughs> hours yeah for sure 12 hours yeah. 10 hours whatever i mean i think like a lot of the cross racers can make up for uh i mean they have the skills right to handle their bikes off road to ride mm -hmm. you know drop bars off road and such but it you know when you're coming against guys who have been competing in the world tour for decades and or our world tour level talent then yeah i mean it's hard to make up for that that engine um i mean even going to like when we have the um the xeo race in in bentonville or down in fayetteville like that's impressive to see like you think some of those cross racers like i remember tobin rocked up the first year and thinking like oh man he's gonna like some of these crossers are gonna show up but then you have guys that are actually talented enough to go to the olympics and it's just a different caliber of athlete that are uh that are showing up in mountain biking what are you talking about dude tobin's a world champion that is true he is a world champion he did not perform <laughs> his performance is not befitting of a world champion and i told him as much but you know <laughs> why why isn't he on the podcast right now i thought we were going to invite him on i think we had some diffusion of responsibility as to who was going <laughs> to invite him on <laughs> i i know this is the first i'm hearing of this what? were we going to try and we get talked him about on? it last week we yeah, talked about having gonna... the single speed world champion I mean, we could get Carrie on again, but how many times have we had Carrie on? You know, Ugh. 
<laughs> Boring. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, yeah. If I would have known, I would have reached out to how, Tobin. Dude, I'm sure, he would have come on. I think he's how? traveling too, probably back home. His teammate might have slapped him in the wrist, but it's fine. <laughs> Tobin got fourth both days. Yeah, he said he got crashed out early, mm. day one. Doubt it. Oh no, fifth the second day. Wow. Yeah, dude. Shame. Uh, I can't remember. Did did Kerry was he in that front group at Schramigan? Uh, that would have been he like the closest until race the to fire tower his... climb. Fire tower climb. He got dropped. Okay, so that's about the sixty minute mark. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but Kerry, <laughs> I mean, I've seen Kerry do do great in races that are. I, he he got third no, place at Mid South. Mid South was his. Yeah, and he did he yeah. did great at the BWR races. That last too. Year. That too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Just di- different calories. Fire Tower was just uh, yeah. I mean, Fire Tower. Get, the the group went from I don't know forty dudes to twenty dudes at Fire Tower. It got split in half. Yeah. Like guys just got obliterated from the field. Yourself included. Yeah, makes sense. I no, barely hung on, right? on. Nice. Just barely. In fact, I I they gapped me at the top, and I somehow clawed them back after that. Must have been those fast rolling tires you had on. Do you, yeah. Do you think it was your drop bar descending skills? I think it was a combination of things, but it was for sure, for sure the race kings. All the above. My superior aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on? I've only got like 15 more minutes. What? 17 minutes. Why? It's got a meeting at 1230. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess it's going to be a short episode then. Should we answer a listener? It's fine. It's a holiday. Should we holiday answer a break? listener question before we tap out here? Yeah. So this one's from Danny from Canada, uh, and it's suggestions for 2024. So we, we've been putting out that it'd be cool to show up to some events next year and do some like, I don't know, whether it's like a live recording or just meet and greet or group rides or whatever people buying us pizza i don't really care uh <laughs> that'd be sick but uh suggestion from danny is uh you guys talk so much about roberge you should come up to come up north in canada for the big red weekend amazing course and event you'll probably learn a few french words and there are riders here from toronto montreal etc uh he sends a link says roberge got second last year i want to know who beat roberge i didn't I didn't know there were any other gravel racers from uh, Canada. I thought they all were in Brevard doing cyclocross. I think uh, I think uh, all the Canadian yeah. racers do every discipline. <laughs> they're just they're just that good. Just they're just the the Canadian army exactly. knife. Uh, so I clicked on the link. It does look pretty sick. Yeah. How far so, can we bring Dizzle to get him no a little bit of culture? Is. It seemed like last episode uh, when I listened to it. Tizzle could use a, a getting out of Kentucky. Yeah, for sure. He could for <laughs> sure use a getting out of Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea where this is at. And half of it's in French. <laughs> so it's not, it's not helping. Nice. I took French in college, but not very fluent in it. Uh, okay, here's a map. Oh, so it's pretty close to Montreal. That's way far away Sick. from Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know. Big red folk. Talk to our folk and maybe we can uh, make something happen. We should have. Looks like it's in. We should have Roberge on the I podcast. I say when it is. Why? I don't know. Bring some culture. Just just because. Give us a download on poutine. Well, it's the same weekend as Leadville. Highly doubt that's going to It's the happen. same weekend as Leadville? 
Yeah, deal. sorry. It's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm well, out. <laughs> sorry, Danny. <I> tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough if it's a conflicting lifetime event because for some reason that's still important. Yeah. Uh, okay, why don't you spit one off, Tyler? You got you got any questions? Oh, let's see. Hold up. Hey, did you yeah. guys? Yo, hold up. Did you guys see that? Um, uh, GCN is no longer doing GCN Plus. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Sad news. Like their parent company just decided to stop doing that. It wasn't. It wasn't their decision. They were like, oh yeah, they made some video about it. Dude, they just like pulled the plug overnight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a. I listening to a couple podcasts on it. It's you know kind of the way that media is going these days right it's, it's executive c numbers on a on a spreadsheet and they're just like taking offline items mm-hmm. um and yeah gcn plus you know compared to everything else that warner brothers probably owns like you know the number of subscribers and people that it reach is probably a drop in the bucket if if that <laughs> yeah. um a grain of sand perhaps in the <laughs> overall market so it's it's just a bummer because they you know that's how Pretty much, I watched the whole every grand tour, every race is is on GCN Plus. But I'm interested to see what they weren't roll out the, for the uh, US. Weren't the mountain bike World Cups on GCN also too? On GCN, yeah, also owned by by Warner Brothers, and they were producing it there. So, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna go to like you can watch it on Discovery Plus now. I don't know. I maybe it just is Discovery Plus also. Uh, affiliated with yeah or are they owned by warner they brothers are but they don't play sports in the u.s market um or at least other sports they don't have a ton of sports streaming i think mm-hmm. um okay so i really hope that it's not like all the rights go to flow because that would suck or all the rights go to nbc <laughs> sports because that would also suck um, yeah it's got to hear about drafting for the 87th millionth time throughout the tour but um, <laughs> the yeah. breakdown of how how drafting saves energy. Yeah, dude. Like the, <laughs> the coverage is just like, like I understand that they're trying to target like an American audience, but like it just it's going the same I, way as like every other sports show, and it's just yeah. guys in suits talking about. Well, they grab the bottle, and this is the, the <laughs> thing. It sucks. Yeah. Give me Bradley Wiggins on a moto talking shit about. <laughs> French teams or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing. Well, the thing about the, the thing about the tour is that there actually are people that don't know anything about cycling watching the tour versus any other race. It's probably a, the people watching probably know all about drafting and they know all about bike racing. Yeah, and what sucks is the people that don't know anything about cycling tune in for the tour because it's like the most widely publicized. <laughs> bike racing event in the world and then they watch and they're like this sport kind of sucks and then they just tune out and never <laughs> become cycling fans yeah. ever imagine if cyclocross was like that i know that's what i'm saying like if people watch cyclocross they'd be like you know, oh this actually you know i sense. talk shit about cyclocross but it is probably the most exciting discipline of cycling to watch in, in unless you're talking about 100%. you know bmx or downhill right bmx or downhill could cater to a larger audience that's not cyclists i'm talking about ones where Cycling events where people have to wear tights and pedal their bike fast. <laughs> the races yeah. this weekend were interesting. Were really exciting, both Saturday and Sunday, um, on both men's See, and women's. And what's hard about like what's hard about BMX and like in uh, downhill though is it's it's kind of like you know I, I'm trying to think of what the it's like tuning in. I mean, 
I guess you have fans that are like, you know, football fans, but no one watches Red Bull Rampage and is like, oh, I can't wait to get into mountain biking. This sport looks sick. I'm going to do that someday. Like you look at that and you're like, that seems superhuman. I'm never going to be able to do that. So I'm not even going to try to get into mountain biking because mountain biking well, seems Well, Red crazy. Bull Rampage is a different beast. I mean, people watch Red Bull Rampage because it's it's so high risk and people are just shock, shocked. Yeah, but out. downhill is not all that different. You watch downhill and you're like... Well, so Red Bull, know, it doesn't Red seem Bull Rampage is a one-off event and people are watching it and they're just in shock and awe at both the skill sure. and the amount of risk-taking that these people are doing. Versus downhill racing, um, I mean, sure, there's skill, like skill and risk taking. Those are both factors, but um, it's not a one off event. I mean, there are people that follow downhill and they follow every downhill race and they probably are inspired to mountain bike because they watch these downhill racers. So what you're saying is more downhill on TV. Dude, downhill on TV would be sick. I would. You just have to understand that that's not the entire scope of what mountain bike racing is. Yeah. So, like, when you see a local mountain bike race taking place in your, you know, region, mm-hmm. you can't be like, "Well, I'm not going to do that because this sport looks crazy." It's like it's completely different. Yeah. It's the same yeah. with like BMX, right. right? I mean, well, I, I I think that BMX and downhill are both. Uh, they kind of are. They kind of go in the extreme sports category, right? Yeah, which and they're not you wouldn't classify them as endurance sports, right? So even though BMX and downhill are on a bicycle, uh, I think the categorization is different. They're extreme sports, not endurance. Totally. Yeah, totally. Do would you say that you would prefer to watch cyclocross over cross country mountain bike World Cups? I prefer to watch cross country mountain bike World Cups. Personally, I watch Lame. both. <laughs> I watch down. I watch downhill mountain bike World Cups too. I I equally enjoy the downhill mountain bike World Cups to the cross country mountain bike World Cups. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just mean like if if the U.S. was going to try and showcase an endurance discipline, mm. you think that cross country mountain bike would actually be better than cross? Uh, to be honest, like some of the cross races have been kind of boring this year. Like you have Fem who if Fem is racing, she just kind of dunks on everybody. So it's like watching Vanderpool when he comes back to cross. Uh, I think like if you take the 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 top of the top out, the Fems, the Matthews, the Wouts, like it is exciting. But mm-hmm. this year, at least, it's been like a one one woman show, at least in the women's side. So mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 I think what they get wrong too a lot of the time with the coverage is they just focus on who's yeah. winning too much. Yeah, for sure. So you you miss all the other action. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you when you watch like Supercross, you know, like they have like the whole race. Yeah. That's you know, you can see the whole race taking place, and then they'll have you know, like in the corner. I don't, I can't remember what they call it, like you know, a little tile where, where it'll show like the front of the right. race, and there might be you know one guy off the front or a couple guys at the front, but you can kind of watch all, everything going on at once. And I think Cyclocross could probably do a better job of trying to contain the course a little bit more too. Like instead of making I, it so spread out that you can't see the whole course in one big view. So like for here for a non for a non cyclist trying to watch a cycling sport, uh, the difference between cross country mountain bike and cyclocross is I think people would be really confused why you're getting off your bike and running. They're 
they'd probably think, <laughs> why, why are they running? Are they not skilled enough? These are supposed to be professional riders and they're not skilled enough to ride this section. I Versus a cross-country mountain I... biker, they will, be, they will be going down. Not only are they super strong, but they will be going down sections that look so difficult to the average person that they're impressed by the skill as well. Clearly, you didn't watch Mont Saint Anne, where Pidcock was off and running his bike up the hill because he was <laughs> offline. So, but it's it's much more apparent why they're running. Yeah. in in a World Cup than in cyclocross, when you can't tell like the surface uh, traction and things like that. Dude, all you got to do is go back and watch Neil on uh, last Saturday, and then the race in Merckx-Plas this uh, yeah. this Saturday, and you'll know why they're running because that was like disgusting absolutely disgusting mud but that's also a, i mean kind of a turnoff to people like not everyone <laughs> wants to watch a sport that they're just everything's getting completely trashed by the end of it and they're like oh yeah i want to yeah see for that. sure and there's some of those like honestly like that that race in neil like i know it's been raining a lot in europe but it's just some of the times it just seems is this a dude you're talking about or a, a neil is a location it's a town in belgium okay <laughs> um okay. yeah so it's uh yeah it's definitely interesting to to see sometimes it just seems yeah, gimmicky like, or like why you could have taken that out like you didn't need to have oh speaking of gimmicky when they were trying to do when, when they did the um uh where where do they do the snow race out of soul Mm. when they were doing the, the like test event to see if it would you know if if it was a feasible winter olympic yeah. sport that was so dumb it was the whole thing was a gimmick <laughs> yeah like talk about talk about taking like your highest world-class athletes in a discipline and making them look like complete fools sure it just made no sense to me it's like why why would you do that to the sport it just it was but here's a here's the thing though is i think that's a very american perspective is like oh these athletes are here to compete right because it is you we have football we have well baseball's like they're not athletes uh we have basketball <laughs> like people that are like actually <laughs> athletes that are competing at a high level and you're really impressed by these feats right and and cycling i think we approach in the same way in europe though i think they do have the perspective and cyclocross is number one example of this where it's and it's for entertainment like half the people are going there for the party the beer tent like just something to do on a rainy saturday like they're going out to the cross mm-hmm. race to get drunk on a bunch of jupilers and hang out you know and yeah okay there's some people doing some stupid stuff on skinny tires um and that's just kind of like part of the the fun and the entertainment of it so it's more of like a yeah but entertainment the, perspective no i get mm-hmm. that but the olympics is is intended to showcase the best athletes in the world competing at a sport that they're very very yeah, good dude, at. so why do we give uh medals to the the horseback riders why aren't we giving medals to the horses they're the athletes in like the showcase that, where the that horses a, are trotting that is a and great stuff. Question: Why? Why anything involving any other animal other than humans is part of the Olympics? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like you you don't you don't do a you know like uh, Usain Bolt wasn't out there trying to set world records wearing flippers. He probably could though. That'd be kind of interesting. Right? I mean, he's wearing. I mean, <laughs> it would just it, it turns into a gimmick. Yeah. Like it turns into like it's just funny yeah. to watch and that's what i think cyclocross in the winter on snow and ice would have they why is race it. walking an olympic sport man they need a fall <laughs> and spring olympics yeah dude and then there can be an olympics every single year right it's every four years yeah 
then there would be an Olympics every every single year if there was a fall and spring. Olympics. How does Richard Carapaz get to wear gold for you know three four years in a row? Well, so, you know the road <laughs> the road race would only be part of the Summer Olympics because you know road racing gotcha. as biggest season is the summer, but. The cyclocross would be a fall Olympic sport, and then mm-hmm. uh, what's a what's a sport that only happens in the spring? <laughs> <laughs> there just isn't one for cycling. I mean, I early know. season crits, <laughs> classics. Maybe it's like a maybe you have maybe you have like a classics road race, and then you have like a stage road race. Mm. I'll write the IOC. Maybe we can put it together enough funds from our Patreon to pay the IOC to put one of these <laughs> disciplines good. in all right hey i've, I've got to jump off here but if you guys want to keep riffing if you're still on in like 15 minutes maybe i'll come back on when my meetings all are right over. do you want to rip through some questions real quick and comments yeah let's do it all right so let's see we got some race recommendations alex says we should go to flint hills gravel which is uh outside of emporia haven't done that one but mm. i haven't done any of those actually but maybe Emporia that's Emporia has other races other than Unbound. Apparently, <laughs> uh, can the state of Kansas has other races besides Unbound? <laughs> you know, I think that if you lived in Emporia, there's so much. Gra- there's 200 miles. There's a 200 mile course that you can do to the north, and there's a 200 mile course that you can do to the south. And I'm sure there's so many gravel roads in between. There's probably 600 miles of gravel within a 200 mile radius of your house, right? <laughs> yeah. But every single one looks exactly the same. Just rolling <laughs> hills of nothing it, but It's like you have you have so many options for riding new stuff all the time. It just all looks the same. Do you think you do that like do you do that in Brevard where you go what was the time trial spot you were talking about uh or you do your power test? Oh, the power test. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, do you just ride the same roads there in Brevard? Do you just go do the loop that's south no, of town? No, Brevard is sick because it's not all the same. I, yeah. You can go in any direction and it's it's this different stuff. I mean, you can do a flat road ride. You can do a hilly road ride. You can do a mountain road ride. You can do you can do mountain biking where you're climbing up a gravel road for an hour and then descending for 20 minutes. Or you can do mountain biking where it's just kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. Or you can do gravel the only thing that we don't have is uh, Midwest-style gravel where you're just kind of doing rolling hills forever. Yeah, you've definitely got climbing and descending there for sure. But, you know, that's probably, there's some benefits to that. I do love the proximity of all of the uh, the different types of riding to Brevard. It's nice. Have you been here? I have, a couple times. Oh, you were here last year. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there a couple times passing yeah. through, through for cross season. That's when uh, I rolled rolled past you in my car and I was like, did you race today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ch- <laughs> Hannah recommends Chino Gravel Grinder. Uh, so that's another one out in Arizona. I guess mm. they have gravel out there. Uh, here's one back from episode 60. Roman was listening and he said that on that show, Drew was wondering what he could add to his drink for extra flavor. And he has a suggestion for him uh, of grenadine syrup. So despite Dylan's beliefs that flavoring a drink is somehow a six-year-old's privilege, grenadine <laughs> syrup will put a smile on any grown man's face. So we should give it a try. So maybe that's something we could uh, what pitch is, to flow. What is grenadine syrup? You ever had a Shirley Temple? Uh, no. Shirley Temple is kind of a child's drink, but um, it's like just a flavoring syrup. It's just sugar. So this is for a six-year-old. 
Yeah, or Drew. You know, <laughs> he could also add that in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach has a question, and this is a great question. So Scott, for some reason, is because maybe because he's retired and bored, he's been coming on the pod. But previously, uh, Zach was asking how Scott likes every Instagram post. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. So Scott, Scott will Scott will pretend like he's not following bike racing at all, or not following U.S. bike racing. He's like, "Oh, dude, Leadville already happened. I didn't even know. Oh, they already picked the Grand Prix riders. I didn't even know. Like, whoa, yeah. is cyclocross is happening. Curtis White, what? Dude, he knows exactly what's happening at every single race. Don't yeah. be fooled. I bet he. I'm surprised he wasn't down there. I I thought for sure he would jump into. Uh jump mm-hmm. into the this race this weekend but apparently yeah. not if you haven't noticed scott doesn't have anything to do which makes it even <laughs> crazier that he never comes on the podcast besides drive all the way down to florida <laughs> in one in one day uh straight on 95 scott uh, is not scott is not a busy person like he <laughs> he's not his excuses for coming on the podcast are not that he had other things to do <laughs> Uh, all right. So Jake, Johnny is writing in for some advice here and he's asking that they have a friend on their group ride that when he is in the Peloton, he annoys everybody because he's mm. shifting constantly, even on the flats and calls it free energy. Can someone what? explain free energy? <laughs> so explain the, the free energy phenomenon. Uh, wait, he's shifting his gears constantly. Yeah, he's shifting constantly on the flats. I'm assuming because he's like getting different degrees of draft. I mean, I don't understand. Why don't you just coast? Like, I don't understand how, like, he's shift. If you- I mean, it would be annoying if you're sitting there in the group and someone is just, like, shifting back and forth uh, between their, you know, 13 tooth mm. and 15 tooth or something like that. I feel like I shift constantly. Really? Are you this person? Are you riding <laughs> with Johnny? <laughs> I don't, I don't under, I don't understand the problem. Shifting constantly. Dude, I shift every 10 seconds. Well, you also do all your rides pretty much solo, right? So I think that the difference uh, is like riding in a group. Are is shifting constantly in a group a bad thing? I don't get it. I mean, imagine <laughs> imagine you were just rolling on the bike path there and through Bavard, and the person riding next to you is just like shifting with every pedal stroke because they're getting free energy. They're going too fast and I, then okay. not fast I, enough, and then I don't get what the free energy is about. I don't know what that means. I think. I think that's well. That's how this guy is rationalizing it to his uh, to his team or to his uh, his group, rather. Okay. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Sound, right, but, it sounds like something Dizzle would say. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like this guy is just trying to make excuses for his for his poor behavior. Which on the I group mean, ride. yeah, half of half of doing a group ride is thinking of excuses for why you got dropped you know whether it's <laughs> exactly. your, your recovery day or you know you ha- you've been eating too many christmas cookies or whatever it's yeah dude that segues into the into the next question here from uh, nathaniel asking with the holidays coming up he found himself wondering what we the bonk bros would think about using eggnog for a recovery drink and also for tubeless sealant seems like it could cover uh Egg- both eggnog yeah, eggnog. I know you probably don't drink eggnog. I, I don't I don't drink eggnog anymore, but even yep. when I would have drank an eggnog, I didn't drink eggnog because it's disgusting. <laughs> what? I guess you don't drink either. It's I like feel like eggnog is liquid best. it's like liquid eggs, dude. <laughs> I don't want to drink liquid eggs. 
Hey, why not, dude? You take creatine. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> now, creatine doesn't taste like anything. It just makes your mouth kind of dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I don't take any supplements. I'm just not, not observing the gains, I guess. All right. So. What's your opinion on eggnog, though? I mean, I feel like you could, maybe you could thicken it up a little bit, put some like, um, you know, some, some flour in there, something to kind of make it congeal a little bit more. And you could probably, I mean, it's probably a cheap way to do it. I'm surprised Dizzle, maybe Dizzle will listen back to this and, and consider it because it's probably a lot cheaper than buying stands <laughs> or orange seal or whatever. Yeah. So any Silka, Silka tire sealant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could probably just there's coach a, your whole bike in eggnog. There's a uh, tire sealant company called Milk. And it's white. <laughs> <Milk>. So, <laughs> yeah. Isn't all tire also... sealant white? Except for... Uh... Except for orange seal, yeah. Orange seal? Yeah. Okay. All, actually, uh, Boyd makes a tire sealant that's pink, and it smells like bubble gum. <laughs> okay. So. I didn't uh, know we had reached that level of... That's uh... cool, I guess. Yeah. I'll yeah. say. I, so. I think that's probably a hazard i don't think you would necessarily want to uh yeah i don't know why you want your sealant to smell good especially yeah. like a food you know that's dangerous <laughs> somebody could drink that and seal their esophagus every time every t- <laughs> i think about this every time i have like i don't chew gum a lot but when i chew gum that smells really good like it makes me want to eat it and then i think about i have to like remind myself actively to not swallow the gum like you get like some nice like watermelon flavor or something like that i i don't have that problem Okay, well, just me then. <laughs> All right, so we got a serious question about upgrades. Was so egg, this is was the eggnog question not serious? Oh, true, it was serious. <laughs> I think you could do a little bit of both, Nathaniel. Maybe report back with uh, with what what you had to do, how it works as a sealant. Um, all right, so Jeremy has a gravel bike. He's mm. thinking about upgrading it. So he has as one. We all. Yes, so he has <laughs> one bike that he rides for everyday training, gravel racing, and cross. It's pretty much stock. What would you? What upgrades would you make first? So currently he has rival access with some DT Swiss CR sixteen hundred wheels. Thinking of either upgrading to the new Force two by with a power meter or new wheels. Not sure which wheels, but just looking for recommendations. Um. Well, every I've never ridden SRAM two by in my entire life, but okay. every single SRAM rider that I've ever known has said, don't do SRAM two by. If you're going to do SRAM, <laughs> it needs to be one by. I, so I have two bikes set up with rival access, uh, force rival mixed group sets. And they're both, uh, I have one two by and one one by. Um, two by is fine. I mean, everybody talks about the front derailleur not working for SRAM, but like, it works. Know, it works. It works fine. You know, okay. just better setup i guess i mean you have to it's with any front derailleur like after a certain point if you put a ton of torque on it or you you know it gets rattled around like you should check your stuff periodically you can't just set it and forget it i you know i have i have this feeling that shimano is a bit more set it and forget it than sram is yeah tell me if i'm wrong about that no i think you're right like i have shimano stuff that i've like never touched since i bought the bike um maybe like you put a new cable in it or something like that after a period of time but yeah i mean shimano is pretty much set it and forget it for sure yeah well shimano Uh, speaking of cables shimano used to have the issue where the on their cable stuff you break the shifter cable every thousand miles which (laughs) totally sucked but now that i'm i'm on you still have cables no 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 (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm on electron. I I I was actually pretty late to get on to electronic shifting, but because I just didn't see a performance benefit to it, I was mm. like, I was like, these aren't faster tires or a faster chain or more aerodynamics. I don't get it. Mm. But then I got on it, and I I can't go back. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, so I ha- used to have my f- one of the first cross bikes I had was Di2 with Canty brakes, and I set it up. Uh, because the guy Ben Burden I had seen had this set up. So I set it up basically like SRAM access is set up now where my left shifter controlled the rear derailleur and my right shifter also did. So I could was running mm. one by going back and forth. Um, and that was pretty sweet. Uh, and then I kind of got hooked on having electronic shifting. Um, but as far as like uh, Jeremy's question, I mean, he's got rival access. I don't know where, we don't know where he lives. I mean, I think if you were... I'll, I'll just answer the two by. I don't know how important the two by setup is. I mean, I feel like with SRAM, I like the rival stuff because one, it's a little bit cheaper, and two, the shifters fit my hands a little bit better. The rival stuff is a little bit smaller, um, so it's easier you, to wrap my hands around. You have small um, hands? No, I don't think so. Not in particular, but mm-hmm. it's just I didn't like how the force, the older, maybe like first or second generation of force yeah. axis shifters fit. I d- you know what? I do have SRAM force shifters on my drop bar mountain bike, and they are a lot meatier than Shimano DI2 yeah. shifters. Yeah, so the rival ones are trimmer, and I think the newer force access shifters are a little more trim as well. Um, they've updated that across the line. But, it, I mean, 2 by it. I don't know. I would rather, like, get a rival... Um, you could get, like, a rival rear mech uh in the what do they call it the explorer and run or even get like a gx access rear derailleur if you really needed a big gear as opposed to a two by um the thing with the on on the shram note and then i'll get to his actual question is on the shram note you were talking about um having a power meter and i think it's important to call out that if you buy the shram is doing now is they have integrated power meters for their two by chain rings, which means that when the chain rings wear out, eventually you have to send the whole thing back in. You can send the power meter back in and get a discount, but you're basically buying a whole new unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's don't get fooled by that. It is nice to have the integrated setup and it's probably a couple of grams lighter, but I don't know. I didn't see, it seemed like very wasteful to have to send in yeah, that is wild. Every that time is wild. that I would need to replace. Chain okay, rings. okay, okay. So when you send it in, mm-hmm. what what are what are they doing to it? They are probably doing exactly what every other cycling company does of just refurbishing it and putting new chain rings on it and selling it again, <laughs> <laughs> or selling it as a refurb um, part. So yeah, I mean okay. that would that would just be. I would say, Jeremy, look out for that if you're looking at getting a power meter. But back to the question, would you get a power meter or wheels for your for this bike? Wait, that was his question? Essentially. <laughs> what? He's thinking, he's thinking about upgrading to force Why two by. Why did we just spend f- 10 minutes talking about drivetrains? That's the whole point of this podcast is we take <laughs> tangents, Dylan. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go. What, read so, the whole question. So he was saying, what upgrade? what first upgrades would you make to a bike that's mostly stock? Right. Yeah. He's would you upgrade to force two by with a power meter? So two by with a power meter, or would you get new wheels? Mm. What's the current drivetrain? 
force uh i'm assuming one by force acts or rival access is what he has currently um and also depends on what wheels i mean if they're aluminum wheels i think i would get a pair of carbon wheels first probably yeah i think that's where you're gonna get your biggest um weight savings and probably it'll feel a lot different too yeah right I feel, performance I feel like, benefit i feel like carbon wheels are becoming so standard that uh, I mean, obviously, there's a certain price point at which they don't stock it with carbon wheels, but carbon wheels are coming on even even fairly affordable bikes at this point. For sure. I think there's so many that are just, yeah, generally affordable that it mm-hmm. makes it, yeah, makes it easy. Um, so, yeah, I think wheels would be a good upgrade. I don't think that if you already have rival stuff, no need to upgrade yourself, um, you know, to force. It's, I don't know. I, I think the cost isn't necessarily there unless you just want the the bling factor of having a force set up on your bike. Uh, let's see. How about, should we answer a tire related question? Uh, I guess we have to, right? <laughs> we have many, <laughs> but we'll take, uh, we have, we'll take, we have many, we have many tire related questions, okay. but let's see. Ben was asking, he says, Hey guys, I can't believe the- bicycle tire or uh, what is it? Bike Tires Direct won't respond to my emails about getting a sponsorship. Really? Yeah. They've, they're covered with Alex Howes, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess. If you guys if you guys want to hook me up, it would be greatly appreciated if you just, <laughs> just bombarded Bike Tires Direct with emails about how Dylan needs to be sponsored. Yeah. Uh, maybe it could help Drew also get some tires that yeah, don't so, flat, say, lap one. Definitely say that Drew needs a sponsorship as well because challenge, you know. <laughs> all right so ben from the uk is writing and he says hey guys love the show uh tire spelled the uk way the british way related tire. question tire tire <laughs> he's getting getting his first gravel bike uh to do some racing only has 45 mil tire clearance so what is the best tire at that width uh probably can't squeeze in 45 pathfinders um, he'll need a set of tires for fast and dry and another set for wet and muddy conditions. Wow. Um, what is, what's the, what's the UK gravel like? Is there a high chance of flatting there or, or what? Oof. I don't know. I, I, it, I have no idea. <laughs> We're guessing every video that I, so for whatever Mentions reason, Danny strawberry real quick. Yeah. For whatever reason, every video from the UK, which there are a lot of on YouTube, it just looks really wet. It's just raining <laughs> there constantly. It never stops raining. Par for the course. Yeah. So I understand. I normally I would be like, okay, the mud tires are a bit much, but I get it. He's from the UK. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about mud tires for gravel. There are very few gravel races where you would you would choose a mud tire. Yeah, I feel like. Um... The only mud mud gravel racing tire that I have is like a set of Pirellis, which I haven't put on, and mm-hmm. they look beefy for sure. I'm sure Renee Hurst has some as well, but uh, yeah, no, who knows? I, I think actually Pirelli is a great option to go with, both for the mud tire and the fast tire. Getting the yeah. the gravel H in the 45, and then getting the uh, whatever their beefier one is for the mud tire. Yeah, would you run a narrower tire in the mud tire? just to have that extra bit of clearance would you run like a 42 well, instead of a 45 depends on how sticky the mud is because mm. the uk mud doesn't look sticky to me it, it just it looks like east coast east coast of the u.s mud where 
east coast of the u.s mud I've, I've ridden in plenty mm. of mud here you don't need you don't need to worry about tire clearance like if the the mud is so wet that you're not going to clog your frame yeah yeah that's true it's well i think if you go further south from where you're at if you start getting into georgia and yeah, like true, the clay true, true. then yeah. it's going to be then it's going to be a problem but yeah uh, i must i i I don't look. I'm not a soil expert or a UK <laughs> soil expert, whatever that's called, a soil soilologist. Soilologist, definitely. Yeah. So I don't look. I don't know what the mud deal is in the UK. I mean, maybe it's like the US, where it depends on where you go. You know, in Ireland, that they, they got a bunch of clay, but over there, down in uh, whatever England, England. <laughs> it's all it's all wet <laughs> i don't know man so but what i've seen from youtube which uh almost every single uh cycling related youtube channel is from the uk for some reason it looks like wet mud and i don't think the tire clearance is a big deal yeah yeah it doesn't look like it cakes up a lot it just looks like and i'm sure because it's constantly raining it's not uh yeah not super thick i'm sure it can be but maybe ben will have to send us in some uh some soil samples yeah. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, more tire questions. <laughs> how many? How many tire questions do we have? Uh, let's see. I it's got a, at least. Dude, it's a really good thing that Drew isn't on this podcast right now. He'd be, <laughs> or he Scott, would... <laughs> or Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got at least six queued up right here, and I have not checked the Instagram in a, in oh, a little wow. bit. All right, so. This is the this is the audience that we're garnering. So that's the right <laughs> <All> way. <word? laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So this is a this is a cross one. We'll knock this out. So hey, this is uh Warren. He said uh, needs a tire recommendation. He's in the midst of his first ever cross season. Uh, he's done a few road races uh, for a few years, but skills hasn't haven't caught up to his fitness. Yeah, dude, that's typical. Uh, you can always spot the roadies in the cross races because they're mm-hmm. hammering but then they can't turn their bike. So no worries. You're not, you're in good company. Uh, He's been riding 38 mil Pathfinder pros that his crux came with, Mm -hmm. but on muddy wet courses, he's not super confident with traction and corners. That makes sense. Uh, Do you have a recommendation for an intermediate to to a tire that's tubeless fast enough to still run on completely dry courses and ideally wider than typical 33 CX tire uh, cat four. So width rules don't apply. Uh, and hopefully we'll get into this in time for next season. Well, Warren, this was asked about a month ago, so hopefully you're still <laughs> racing cross nice. at this point. Nice. I, I, I'll, do you have any recommendations? Me? No. Yeah. This is a, this is a cross question. This is okay. all you. I, I wanted to leave some some room in case you had some, uh, but for sure, not surprising that you don't have traction on the 38 uh, Pathfinder Pros. Uh, in wet, muddy conditions. I think that you should get something like the Vittoria Mixes uh, or the Challenge Baby Limus. Um, the Baby Limus blows up a little bit wider, I think Challenge tires do, and they have a couple of different casing options. Um, just make sure that they're properly seated and have sealant in them, unlike Dizzle. What about uh, but, the Getaway 45? Yeah, but uh, I mean, if that's like fast down the middle and it's wet, like you're not going to get a ton of traction on that in like straight line. So I feel like that's what he's asking about here is having, uh, having some, some straight line traction as well and in the corners. All right. But 
the Vittoria mixes are good. They're fast rolling tires and they ha- they hook up a little bit better than the Griffos. Or if you got it like that, you can you can buy um now that uh Dugast is owned by Vittoria, you could just buy some Dugast tubeless tires. Dugast is owned by Vittoria. It is. They got they just launched some uh some tubeless cross tires, so you could go that route for sure. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, I would say Baby Limus or the Vittoria mixes. Baby Limus is probably your best do it all tire, to be honest. Um, is, is so every single discipline of cycling is slowly transit not slowly it's probably <laughs> there at this point slowly slowly not slowly transitioning to tubeless where is cross at with this tubeless versus tubular uh it's definitely getting more adoption across the u.s like the last two seasons that i was racing in the elite fields i had tubeless tubeless i ran primarily tubeless um here save for uh muddy super muddy races um the there i was running like tubulars just because of the Mm. the pressures um but yeah i any fast dry course which was pretty much every track that we did um i was running the tubeless setup with the vittoria airliners and i think so so you're doing mm, inserts yeah okay for sure yeah um and i think it's getting more and more adoption just because it's easy like the years that I mean, when you have, if you only run tubulars, like now you're having to make a decision and you're flying to a race, like I would have to make a decision of like, am I going to bring mud tires at all? Or am I just going to hope that the 10% chance of rain doesn't increase to 50 or a hundred percent, um, and then be stuck with like some intermediate treads. Sure. Yeah. What, what is, uh, so if that's not a concern, so we're talking about, you know, world cup level cyclocross, are they still all on tubulars? For sure. Yeah. I don't know that many, maybe some folks further back in the field, but I think if you're looking at the front of the race, like there's a lot of old school mindset that kind of pervades through the, the European Peloton and those they're on Dugast or fmbs or uh, i mean some teams are sponsored by challenge so they're on those yeah tubulars for sure i mean i remember when disc brakes were starting to become a thing in cyclocross and there were i that was when i was in college and my roommate was a cyclocross racer and a lot of my friends were cyclocross racers yeah and i remember them saying like oh dude you don't need your brakes in cyclocross (laughs) (laughs) like braking is overrated anyway why would you need disc brakes that's true if you're using your brakes, if you're coming to a stop, you're doing it wrong. So not a the, the fact that totally wrong. I mean, the fact that road road cycling has pretty much completely switched over to disc brakes at this point, and you know, I feel like this is it's like a this is a whole internet uh, debate, right? Disc brakes versus rim brakes. Sure. I don't I don't know of anyone in the real world. I, I've seen plenty of people on the internet arguing about rim brakes versus disc brakes i don't know mm-hmm. anyone in the real world that i've met face to face in real life who is like yeah man i i really wish i had my rim brakes back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think like for sure some of the courses if i let me put it this way if i was on canty brakes when i was racing in europe i would have likely died like there you know those <laughs> courses like you know it's steep when at the bottom of the drop, there is the inflatable barriers. Anytime you see the inflatable <laughs> barriers, just imagine that it's like a 60% grade because yeah. like someone's going to hit that. Like they're putting mm-hmm. it there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, 
Well, speaking of speaking of Europe, Andrew wrote in also a month, two months ago now, uh, saying that asking about our take for gravel uh, on tire choice for gravel worlds. He said it was pretty. T- it looked pretty tame last year, but WTWDR. What tire would Dylan run? That uh, that acronym <laughs> also applies to what tire would Dizzle run? Would Dizzle run? Well, we already know what Dizzle would run. He'd throw out some challenge getaway XP. <laughs> okay, so are we talking 48. about? Are we talking about the gravel worlds in Nebraska? I mean, let's let's answer both. So, what would you run for Nebraska for the OG gravel worlds? I mean, I, so I'll just say this off the bat: I haven't done either gravel worlds in Nebraska or the gravel world championships either year that it was in Italy. Um, okay. So I I'm gonna have they a probably hard... st- they probably only took the top fifteen from the lifetime to that race, <laughs> both those races, anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that it's at the point now where Gravel World I, I get it's a joke, right? Uh Gravel Worlds in Nebraska. And the race was started back when there wasn't a Gravel World Championships. And I know that it's frustrating that the UCI came in and they ruined gravel. I get it. But I think at this point you I think you need to consider changing the name. Uh maybe. They were first to it though. They were first to it. I, I th- th- see. That's where I. That's where I'm saying I understand. I understand yeah. that this is this is both a little bit tongue in cheek, and also you were the first ones to do it, and you made it when there wasn't a world championships. I get all of that. It's just it's starting to get a little bit confusing, and also <laughs> you know people who haven't been in gravel for ten years are probably going to look at that race and think what you know what. It, what are they trying to do? Are they trying yeah. to rip rip off the UCI? When in fact the UCI is ripping you off, I get it. I know. <laughs> I know it's it's terrible. It's terrible. What's happening the worst. here? But but it's just it's just one of those things, you know. I think that it might be time for a name change. Yeah. Would you even change tires? Is your tire recommendation the same for both? Oh. Um back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, I think that that is a fast course. I could be wrong. A fast course with minimal puncture risk. I think probably in that case, I might go for, uh, the continental Terra speed 45s. If it's a minimal puncture risk and it's not very bumpy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, somebody's going to write in and be like, oh, that's section blah, blah, blah. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Uh, from what I saw from Gravel World Championships, the UCI one in Italy, everyone 33s. was on everyone was on the wrong tire. The gravel looked so chunky, and the average speed was low too, which means you know the gravel was chunky. Everyone was on the wrong tire. Everyone was on thirty eights and forties. Like no, I honestly the the right tire for that was probably a forty five is on the narrow side, but. I, I probably would have done a 50 because the average speed wasn't that high from the strongest riders in the world. Like the average speed was 20 miles per hour from a Horich. No. Uh, I think for gravel worlds, the the only thing you needed was a Dugas Pipistrello, uh, you know, 33 to 28 width, uh, hmm. something like that would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, if you want excuses for why you didn't make it to the finish line, I agree. If you want to be compared to Wout Van Aert, who was on side of the course for 10 minutes, then that's yeah. what you should have run for sure. Dude, Wout, Wout, just like Pidcock, right? Pidcock shows up to Bentonville and is like, oh, I want to run the Race Kings because they're fast. It's like, dude, you just need the tire that's not going to flat and you're going to win the race. Same with Wout. 
Same with Wout, right? It's just, dude, just run, just run the tire that's not going to flat, and you're going to win the race. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the that's kind of the move, though, right? Like I know we make fun of um, we make fun of uh, what's his nugget, Keegan and, and Tobin. Yeah, dude, um, Keegan's figured that out. Running. Right? Yeah, they just run what doesn't flat. Exactly. Well, Keegan <laughs> knows that he if he doesn't flat and he's you know if he doesn't flat he's gonna win the race so run the tire that doesn't flat (laughs) yeah that easy not not all of us have that luxury right not all (laughs) of us have the luxury of being as strong as wout or keegan or tom pidcock but yeah and i feel like that's that's really the thing right is like you can't just run like yeah keegan can afford to run the the maxis tires because he is can has so many watts that he can give up three watts per kilometer or whatever it is uh Mm -hmm. for the rest of us who don't have excess watts like that we got to think about every little advantage that we uh, that we have available to us so for sure yeah uh yeah i think it's all about flat protection i don't know i don't know i didn't i only caught the last little bit of gravel world so so i don't know what i would have run probably something chunky for nebraska though for sure that seems like a course that just eats tires what does it i don't know Maybe right. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know. I didn't race there. All right. We got an, uh, an XC, uh, tire question. So dude, this is what happens when Dylan and Tyler take over the podcast. It actually <laughs> becomes a tire talk podcast. Exactly. <laughs> We're just trying to get through. We want to get through the tire talk so we can get to the juicy stuff. So, uh, John, John writes in that his local XC series in Southwest PA ends with a course that is described as super D or down country. So hopefully he had the right bike for that. The classic, Oh, actually it is a bike question. Uh, the class, the course has a classic East coast rocks, roots, and dirt, some washed out Creek beds, beds full of baseball sized rocks. Mm. What tires would you recommend? What would the bonk bros recommend? And should he ride his, uh, 100 100 travel scott spark or his 140 130 trail bike wait what how much travel does a scott spark have oh, uh, 100 front and rear oh so this is like an old spark yeah oof yeah oof. i feel like if you're doing any well i don't know that like you know well, i have a let me respond to this i feel like if you're run, if it's a an xc race series i would likely i, I just feel like 130 uh 140 130 is just too big of a bike it's just it man it's just disappointing that you don't have the 120 120 spark <laughs> I, that'd be the perfect bike right just sell both your bikes yeah. and get that one honestly exactly just buy and... a new spark, spark. <laughs> scott has a mountain bike he'll probably sell you what where did he say he's racing again southwest pennsylvania okay i i'm familiar so i am familiar with that area and it is extremely rocky it's like you're riding in constant rock gardens <laughs> like the whole trail is a rock garden and that's what you're doing yeah um and it eats tires up and uh i think that a i a one the newer uh you know the newer 120 travel xc bikes are probably perfect if you're racing there in my opinion so yeah. get rid of both your bikes and get one of those <laughs> just have one bike to rule them all 120 120 that's what every cross-country bike is anyways these days. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And What tires would you run? Uh, you got to think about puncture protection. So, and bigger volume, for sure, you want big volume. I Probably like an Aspen or maybe a maybe an Icon. <laughs> Get out of here. An Aspen? Really? 
You don't think Aspen is puncture resistant? I'm, well, I don't know about puncture. I've never run Aspens, but I would not. I don't think for traction. I don't think I'd run Aspens. Dude, you don't need traction there. It's all rocks. <laughs> you just skip over top of everything. <laughs> no, but the the track. Honestly, the traction is not the concern. The concern is mm. you want huge volume, so you definitely want two point fours. I don't know if yeah. you're if this guy's bike from freaking 2005 has clearance for <laughs> 2.4s, but you definitely want a 2.4 and, pro, pro, you know, probably one of the Maxxis tires, like the Aspen or the Icon or the Recon Race. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, I, agree. I think they claim the Recon Race is a little punk, more puncture resistant than the Aspen, so maybe go with that. Yeah, I'm, like, looking at their tire setup. I mean, something like the Ardent, not the Race, Maybe you could run the race in the rear, but wait. This maybe person you... sent a picture. No, no, no. I'm looking at the the lineup of Max's tires currently. Oh wow, dude, you're doing your research. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's for dry, hard pack trails, but uh, I'm I, I'm just thinking of like tread, and maybe a, an Arden up front would be good. I never think of tread. It's the least. <laughs> this is the least important part of a tire. Like a true elite <laughs> racer, I don't even care about tread. Speaking of, I did a I did a single speed cross race yesterday our local cross race and uh Whoa. did it on some gravel tires it was um what would you do it on uh i just left the 40 mil um Cinturados on there oh wow the the yeah that's and like you just not even a, that's not even a high grip gravel tire no it wasn't i just put my pressure down to like 24 psi and and the, use that. so and what, what was the result here oh i won i just won everybody oh yeah. wow okay so you're I'm, you're converted now. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm a single speed racer for life now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobin better watch out because I'm coming for the crown. Yeah, 2024. Why, hey, why weren't you at single <laughs> speed world cyclocross world championships? Dude, I want none of that smoke at all. That looked too wild. Well, <laughs> honestly, if you did show up, you'd be forced to get a tattoo because you're obviously going to win. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've already got tattoos, so what's another one? You know, at this point, right. but yeah. All for it. Dude, how bad do you think Carrie wanted that tattoo? <laughs> given <laughs> given that when he was when he was staying for Big Sugar, he was asking if we were gonna get tattoos and uh he didn't unfortunately didn't come uh to town in time for, for Halloween, because uh, I was gonna go get some we were gonna go get some flash tattoos on or Friday the thirteenth rather. Mm. Um but yeah, never worked out. So next time he's in town, maybe we'll go get some tattoos. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, all right. So do you you did the NUE series right previously? Yeah, back in the did, day, back in my heyday. Did you do the Big Bear Grizzly seventy five k? I did do that one. Okay, so uh, we're going back here, uh, and and Jacob he ended up finishing fifth, right? So this is all the way back in September. Uh, but he asked for any nice. tips, any tips that we have, uh, for the big bear grizzly 75 K. So NUE series finale, he's, he was fighting for the podium in the open marathon category, five mile climb to a 20 Wait, mile. So the loop. race has already happened though. It did. Yeah. So retroactively, what would be your advice? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, I can't believe you guys are uh, still recording. We tire talk, baby. We uh, this is I, I was making the joke. This is what happens when Dylan and Tyler take over the Blanc Bros. It actually becomes tired. We've been talking about nothing but tires for the past forty-five minutes. But this is a non-tire related question. The only problem is this race that somebody's asking about has it already happened. 
It could be. They were doing two laps of a 20-mile loop at around 3,500 feet of climbing per lap out in Big Bear. And this guy ended up taking fifth place. So nice job, Jacob. I mean, I don't... So he took fifth place, but he's asking what he could have done. Well, he he asked the question at the end of September before the race. And then... (laughs) Oh. And then I was like, hey, we'll try to get to this. And he was like, cool. I got fifth. So that's cool. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jacob, I don't think you need my result because I don't ever remember placing higher than fifth at the Big Bear Grizzly. Yeah, whatever you ended up doing, so maybe Jacob, he should be giving us it was advice. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. good job, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, another tire question. Wait, did you guys leave? Wait, did you read Marcio's tire question yet? No, I haven't seen Marcio's tire question yet. Okay, well here we go. Hi, Bonk Bros. I am entertaining the idea of racing the Leadville 100 in 2024. It's a mistake. What tire choice should I go with? The bulkier Specialized Ground Control 2.3 that came with my bike, the mix of Specialized Fast Track 2.3 Front and Specialized Renegade 2.3 Rear, fanboy. or the Continental Race oh, King Protection, or the, or the Shield Wall 2.2. Shield Wall? Uh, for context... <laughs> My bike has full suspension. He's going he's in an epic Evo mm. and the plan is to bomb all of the descents. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh he's doing the Russell Finsterwald, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flat maybe, city. In which case maybe the ground controls aren't aren't a bad. Uh, okay. You know, if you're going there to have a good time and bomb the descents, uh the des- first of all the descents are not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like that kind of rider i'm just letting you know but if you're then you know maybe going with a stronger tire but i think that if your goal is to overall have the fastest time possible then bombing the descents and going with a heavier tire is probably not the smartest move i would go with a lighter tire like the continental race king and not absolutely risk everything on the descents you can still risk a lot with the continental race kings just not full-on just i'm gonna send my life off this cliff with these tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Conti race. I mean, we, we both wrote between the two of us the last two years, and there's like probably a hundred other people that ran these tires. But just between the two of us, we have four hundred plus miles on the Leadville course on the Conti Race Kings with zero flats. That is true. I mean, I've ridden. We, I have raced Conti Race Kings for almost every single mountain bike race that I've done for the past five years four years and i can't recall having a flat tire i'm just gonna be honest i have dude didn't you didn't you flat yesterday in your in your training ride or something those were conti x kings do you want to hear you want to hear how stupid this was so my i had just set those tires up the night before and they had a slow leak so you pulled a dizzle this was a dizzle but on my ride they had us this (laughs) we should end the podcast on this note we should end the podcast on the same note that we started it so they had a slow leak right and i'm like oh it's fine it'll seal when i'm riding like you ever have a slow leak when you set the tire up and then you go and ride and it seals itself yeah you gotta like get the sealant in between the bead and so i I assumed that that was gonna happen and i put a little extra air pressure in so that just to give myself some wiggle room and so i'm i'm doing this route where i basically have to climb for almost an hour to get to the the sweet downhill and i climb all the way there and i realize that my tire is really low it probably has 10 psi and i'm at like you didn't realize it on the climb you just uh 
I so on the climb, I was like, this is starting to feel soft, but I'll hit it with the CO2. And uh, I think I hit it with the CO2 too many times and I ran out of CO2. By the time I was at the top, I was <laughs> 10 PSI. So I was like, ah, well, this sucks, but this downhill is so good. I'll just I'll just be ginger with it. Right. You know, I'll just gingerly I'll gingerly go down the trail and I get about 20 seconds into this downhill that takes 20 minutes and I just full on flat zero PSI the thing. And uh, that's why there was that picture of the completely shredded tubo light insert on my Instagram because I. So you ripped the rest of the descent on a flat? Yeah, I didn't walk. I just kept riding. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, I don't need these wheels anymore anyways. It's fine. Yeah. The season is over, dude. Who needs a pair of carbon wheels? Yeah. Did the, did the wheels survive? Yeah, the wheels fine. I set it up with a new tire and it's good. It's for sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's on. Bar- barely ridden, never <laughs> right. crashed, never exactly. flooded. Technically, never crashed. It's on. Correct. It's on pink bike right now. <laughs> so was the descent still sick no, on a flat tire? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's not fun. Wait. So what size Conti Cross King was Two, that? Two three five. Also, I ruined what? that tire too. It was brand new. It's sad. Is two three five the biggest that that bike will clear? Uh, I fit two, four Aspens on it and there was, I mean, I think maybe you could do two fives on it. It's got decent clearance. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, clearly you put the, the, the cross King on cause you wanted like a more fun tire to ride. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, why don't you just go like full party mode and put like a beefy two, five or two, six on there. Yeah, I should. I put, I put two, four Aspens back on. So yeah, Close I enough. like to, I like, I have a, I have a trail bike that has 2.6 uh minions and i like yeah. to keep those on that bike and i like to keep some fast tires on my xe bike so why weren't you on that bike i don't know i just i've been riding my trail bike and it's real slow and uh i just wanted to feel fast again <laughs> <laughs> clearly it yeah. worked it's what i get you know for riding a riding a fast bike in the off season yeah all right let's wrap it up i need to eat some food well, we got one more question. Oh my gosh! From from Chuck, who's a Patreon, so we got to make sure that he gets some Ooh, some love yeah. here, right? So, he, what up, Chuck? He does have a question? What? Wait, huh? is Chuck throwing us those big dollars? Uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> dude, I bet he is. Probably. Thank you, Chuck. At least five. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so, Chuck has a question. He'd love to hear. Uh, dude, and Gary just became a VIP dude, listener. Heck like, yeah, today. Gary. Dude, freaking Gary, Thanks, man! Dude. That's what I'm talking about. Guys, everybody <laughs> listens to this for free. All the all the grifters that are just taking this content for free should be like Chuck and Gary. <laughs> dude, yeah. Technically, we have we have a uh, we have a level where people can sign up, and it's called the VIP listener plus a shout out. We haven't given too many shout outs though. Feel bad for those guys. Uh, we, Wait, we're should supposed to shout those should people just... out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout them out. All right. I got to find them all. So we got, let's see, we got, and the all access pass. So Chuck, man, Chuck is seriously making us roll in it right now. Chuck is an all access passer. So he gets a shout out. Oh man. If you, uh, if you get see. the all access, doesn't that mean you get uh, Scott's address to go ride with him anytime too? <laughs> He's already got it, man. Yeah, that's why Scott's not on the nice. show right now. Uh, Charlotte, we got a VIP listener and shout out. Uh, we got 
Oh, our, our homie Yiko Young. Should we get these people? Uh, he's all should we passer. get these people permission before we just say their name on this podcast? That's why I'm not saying their last no. name, dude. It's fine. They they signed up to be the VIP all list. Right, all right, all right, all right. Joel's Joel's part of the pass. We got Ryan is part of the pass. Uh, this guy doesn't. His name is whatever. Whatever amount of money before, that they're spending his, for this. His nickname is Tweakleberg. <laughs> Whatever uh, amount, amount of money you. they're spending on this all-access pass, it's definitely worth it. You know, an hour 30 into oh, this totally. podcast, we're, giving them, <laughs> we're just saying their name. That's that's pretty cool. All right. And then, and then we, we got we got Algorithm Man Dan. Heck yeah. With, nice. Uh, with all-access Wow, that's pass. a lot of people. Appreciate you. All right. So at risk of not taking much longer than an hour 45. Uh, Dude, apparently we have free members what? too. How does that work? <laughs> How can you how can you be a member for free? That's that's not even an option. Shouldn't shouldn't be. I don't know. Get back to Chuck. Right. Let's let's give Chuck so a little Chuck, limelight here. Chuck is looking for our perspective. He says, "Take the weekend warriors, the adventure cyclists, and recreational cyclists who want to improve their cycling abilities and speeds. Is coaching worth the investment? When is the right time to hire a coach?" Oh my gosh, dude! He's, Drew wrote this dude, question. He's. It, <laughs> It might be. He is uh, considered hiring a coach to increase his overall speed and his abilities, uh, be able to complete races like Big Sugar, Unbound in a respectable time. He's 35, married, and has a demanding career in medicine. So mm. what's our what's All right, our I'll, do, I'll do the, the Dizzle Dillman pitch here because he's not here, which is sad because he could do this pitch better than anyone. But if you haven't noticed... The, the everybody on this podcast works for ignition coach co and the perfect time to start coaching is right now and it will help you get faster the answer <laughs> is yes yeah my take on that would be if you have a demanding career and you want to figure out ways to get faster i mean dude you you pay people to do things like your plumbing why wouldn't you pay a coach to help you with your training right you're not trying to to yeah. be a DIYer, maybe you are. Maybe you can try DIY, but to have, I find that having someone that can take Drew, that burden. Drew's off gone my shoulder, down that road and look at the gigantic hole in his roof exactly. right now. Exactly, and look at him flatting in in the first lap of a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's it's kind of funny that the people that seem to be the most skeptical about coaching are the ones who probably need it the most. Mm. They're the ones that are like, you know, working demanding jobs. They've got a family. They've only got six to 10 hours, you know, or less to train. And they're like, well, I just don't, I don't think I train enough for it to be worth it. And it's like, well, no, if anything, like, then why are you, if, if you have that mindset, then you shouldn't even be like training at all. You shouldn't even be like trying to get fast or anything. Cause savage, if you're going to spend six <laughs> hours, those six hours should be 100% worth it. Like all those six hours are need to be super intentional. Right. So it's like, you're the you're the exact person that falls into like the the most need for coaching. Someone who has twenty to thirty hours a week to train, you could just go out and ride your bike and do probably whatever, and you're going to be pretty pretty damn well, fast. I think that person risks overtraining without a coach for sure. Probably. I mean, not saying that they couldn't benefit from a coach. I'm just saying the more time you have access to training, probably the the less maybe need there is for for coaching if you want to get relatively fast. But um, Either way, everyone should just have a coach. Tyler, do you have a coach? I, I won't ask Dylan because I know the answer. I do have a coach. You've got a coach. I do. And I'm not even racing that yeah. much, but it helps me to not even think about like, because right now, like I have, you know, 
trip coming up this week for the holidays, uh, work trips coming up, other family stuff. Like, dude, if I had to plan my own training for the sporadic amount of riding that I have to do or would have the availability to do, it'd be a lot. So, dude. I'll give you I'll give you an example, okay? I'm going to give you an example of myself. And this is exactly why everyone should have a coach. So, I've had a coach for the last few years, uh even though I am a coach, I could write my own training plans and I I'm pretty good at following it. Like I I'm pretty good at self-accountability, but uh like Tyler said it's way easier and more convenient and it's just nice to know that my training plan is already set for me and it's what I need and someone's watching over my shoulder and making sure that I'm doing the work. Well, in September, I like quote unquote retired from bike racing because you've got some life changes and stuff coming up and uh, things are just more demanding. And more importantly, like I just couldn't afford to keep racing at the pro level across the whole country anymore or even internationally. So I, I'm taking a step back from racing next year. So I was like, well, I I kind of don't really need a coach right now because I like literally have no goals and I don't really care what happens to my fitness right now. Well, this is what happens when you don't have a coach. You go from like this beautiful structured training plan where everything's laid out, periodized, intentional. You wake up in the morning, you know exactly what your workout needs to be. You don't have to think twice about it. You just go out, do the work, get home, right? Super efficient. When you don't have a coach, this is what my training has looked like for the last two months. And it's not even training because it's, 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 meaningless. It mean like it's it's doing nothing for me. Literally twice a week I do intensity work and because I don't have time to like sit down and plan out any kind of like workout to do, I just like go outside and like start my workout and I don't know what to do. I've literally done hill repeats like every Tuesday oh for the last two months and they're they 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 mean nothing. I just go out and do like 1 minute hill repeats for like as long as I have time for and then I just stop. And then I go. Wow. And it's like it's doing nothing. It's like it's not helping mm. me at all. Uh, and then the other day, I just go out and smash KOMs, but that's also not <laughs> anything. So that's what happens. You go from like having like this perfect training plan where it's easy to follow. Then when you don't have time anymore, you don't have a coach anymore. You don't have time to build your own training. You just go out and do something completely random, yeah. and it doesn't help you and at look all. At, and you look get at slower. how Adam did at Iceman. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. Now his FTP is I don't equivalent even know how to I mine. I never even looked at what my placing was. I don't even know what... <laughs> what place i got that's how far back i was go from having five watt per kilo or more six watt per kilo ftp to lowly amateur level like me (laughs) (laughs) i mean my my normalized power at iceman was actually surprisingly higher than i thought it would be but i still kind of sucked that's okay but yeah that's what happens when when you don't know what workout to do because you don't have a coach you just go do hill repeats mindlessly for an that hour doesn't make you faster and go home no unless your coach tells you to do it all right, right so time. and this can <laughs> no coach would ever tell you to do <laughs> one minute hill repeats for an hour straight <laughs> all right and this concludes our first ad on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah send a bill to nina <laughs> nina and drew i will <laughs> it's about time we start getting paid for exactly this. be beyond our patreons of course because we appreciate mm-hmm. you all right, well, we did it. Uh, We've reached lunchtime. Was that like all of the? Was that all the questions? No. <laughs> no. We have more tire oh, talk. All right, all right trainer just, road questions. Lap bar. Just, bar. just, next, just next stop time. recording before we have to answer another one. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, see we'll see you guys next see week. Ya.